So is that what we're going to do here? We're just going to bury Kenny Pickett? We're done with him? Backup? Permanent backup? Good morning to you. Good. Tuesday morning, I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of Steelers. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into hockey and or baseball. I also offer daily shots of penguins and pirates in the same place that you found this. Kenny's been terrible. You don't need me to elaborate on that, do you? You don't need me to point out that that there have been 315 quarterbacks with at least 500 pass attempts since the NFL-AFL merger in 1970, and that only one of them has thrown a touchdown on fewer than 2% of his attempts. And that would be Kenneth Shane Pickett. And by that measure alone, he's the worst quarterback we've ever seen in the league. I know, right? It's all crazy. The whole thing is crazy. The fall all by itself is crazy. But what's worse on top of that is that the line just keeps dropping like a a stock plunging on the Dow Jones that has no bottom to it. Over Kenny's last four games... He's averaging, you're going to think I'm making this up, 116 yards passing per game. Over those same four games, he has one total touchdown pass. Over his last nine games, he has two total touchdown passes. I mean, I could do this into infinity. That's how bad this has gotten. It's historical in its scope. But I I guess it leads me to a couple of questions, a couple of potentially seismic questions. The first is, if you were to bench Pickett heading into Cincinnati, and I can't rule out that something like that could happen. I'm being completely serious. I can't rule out that Mike Tomlin wouldn't announce that today at noon at his press conference. Because that's how completely catastrophic the offense has become. And you've got the divisional opponent and some other backup that you're facing, the embarrassment factor, and even throwing within that all of Tomlin's many lines on Sunday about how the environment affected the offense, how the venue affected the offense. That's Tomlin's not-so-subtle way of rolling Pickett under the bus in that specific facet. It just is. There's no other way to interpret that. He's saying, my guy couldn't handle it. Well, if he thinks that his guy couldn't handle a divisional road game in a hostile setting and all that other stuff that he really, really, really believes in, all those intangibles, then why would he send him right back out there in Cincinnati? It's not going to be any more friendly there. So that's one. Will Tomlin make that move? Will he turn to Mitch Trubisky instead? And please, for those of you bringing up Mason Rudolph, come on. Look, I actually would be okay with it. If you think the head coach is going to bypass Mitch, who was signed to a seven-figure contract to be this team's backup, and who was on the field, by the way, when Kenny had that something in his eye on Sunday, no, no, no. 
Rudolph's been designated as the emergency quarterback, the third quarterback, the entire time, and that's not about to change, even if it might make more sense and be more popular. But two is this. If you bench Kenny, if you sit him, and you tell him, listen, you're struggling right now. Everything's moving too quickly. Just just watch for a while. It's not the end of the world. You're not, uh, you know, DOA to us or whatever. You're going to be fine. Uh, just, you know, go easy. Quarterbacks always get lots of opportunities in this league. We'll give you another opportunity. But right now we need to go with Mitch. If that happens, is Kenny Toast? Not just in Pittsburgh, but anywhere. Sure, you can, you know, cite the the wonderful, uplifting saga of Josh Dobbs. The fact is, Dobbs is a complete freak when it comes to this sort of thing. There aren't many quarterbacks who, who get that kind of second and third opportunity, for real. Certainly not to start and to be a, a regular starter. Kenny's a first-round pick. And even those guys don't get multiple opportunities. Once you get branded a certain way, you are that player. Think of Mitch. Just Mitch. Number two overall pick in the draft. Started for five years in Chicago. Occasionally looked like he was worth it. Very occasionally, but occasionally. And now, after a year of backing up Josh Allen in Buffalo, then coming to Pittsburgh... Having the job for, what was that, a month and a half? And then losing it to a first-round pick, he just becomes branded, even in your mind. Not to dig into your skull there or anything, but if you're eager for Rudolph to be the quarterback, that's because you've already written off Mitch. Mitch is done for you. Mitch is just, I don't even want to see that guy. Last time I laid eyes on him, he was thrown into triple coverage for Allen Robinson. No thanks. I want hope. That's what you're thinking. Well, Mitch isn't hope. Why? Because Mitch is, Mitch is over. Will that be true for Kenny? Do you run the risk of that being true for Kenny? I don't know. I don't have these answers. I'm asking a whole lot of questions and not giving answers because they're impossible. They're impossible, but they are scenarios that the Steelers for real have to consider nobody, nobody likes wasting a first round pick. Jarvis Jones saw a lot of snaps that he didn't deserve. Artie Burns saw a lot of defensive snaps that he didn't deserve because you're always going to try to get something from that investment. And it is an investment. And they put a lot of Not just draft capital, but time and faith and belief, real belief in Kenny. And you've got to wonder, at least, you've got to at least analyze it beyond this coming Sunday. And make sure you're not piling one mistake on top of another. When we come back, J1Q. This segment of Daily Shot is brought to you by our good friends at Mike's Beer Bar. They're located on Federal Street, directly across from PNC Park. Mike has more than 500 beers on tap, including from more than 50 local breweries. 
Stop in and say hello. Tell Mike we sent you. Mike's Beer Bar. Today's J1Q comes from Dan, who says, DK, this isn't meant to be sarcastic, but wasn't Mike Tomlin mandated by ownership to get the running game going over these past couple of seasons? Did ownership forget to tell him and the offensive coordinator to get some balance so the team didn't have to rely on the running game? And if they didn't, why is Matt Canada still employed after calling those three straight passes on the last drive? It's mind-boggling to me. Dan, you're you're kind of all over the place there, but I get you on every single count, okay? I'm going to take your, your very first notion that you put forth. And yes, it's correct. Art Rooney has, it's not for two years, it's for three years, made very clear in his annual off-season session with reporters that addressing the running game was number one, that the Steelers needed to, uh, to paraphrase him, return to their roots and run the football and run it effectively and run it as a base, a foundation to their offense. And in turn, you saw the Steelers, speaking of investments in a first-round pick, take Najee Harris without there even being a second thought, apparently, to that pick. Whether that was Najee versus Travis Etienne or just running back as a first-round pick, which most teams now will pass on. You know why? Because they can find Jalen Warren hanging around after that same draft, after all seven rounds are done. But yeah, that was part of it. That was a big, big part of it, was just adding Najee. And the next part, of course, was bolstering the offensive line. First, by spending tens of millions of dollars... And then with another first round investment in Broderick Jones, who obviously you'd want to see become just as good a pass blocker as he is a run blocker, but run blocking is, you know, kind of part of his thing. Darnell Washington, an extraordinary blocking tight end, was added within the same family. And it still took a while, in large part, I believe, because Matt Canada can't scheme anything including running plays, but they got it going in the second half of last season. When they went 7-2, and two, they averaged 146.4 yards rushing per game. That was nice. That was right up there with what the owner would have wanted. This season, it similarly took a long time to put together, but eventually, and now, they really have. One of the most unfortunate things about the debacle in Cleveland on Sunday, I think, is that it's going to get lost. No, it's already gotten lost. What am I saying? That the Steelers ran the ball at will on the Browns, who have one of the league's best rushing defenses, even after Kevin Stefanski committed pretty much every orange helmet in sight to stopping the run. Everybody was pushed up because why wouldn't they be? Who's going to hurt them on the pass? And 
specifically Warren, but also Najee to an extent, were able to run. It was an almost at-will thing. Now, from there, with your question, you kind of lost me because you're, you're suggesting that because Art Rooney said uh, they need to be built on the run, they should have run on the last three plays or whatever. You don't need an owner's edict to understand that there's only one thing that's been working for you all day. You need to get 30 or 35 yards to get within Chris Boswell's range. You have a minute 42 on the clock and a timeout, by the way. So you absolutely unequivocally could have pulled off a run or two in there just to move the sticks, just to get things going a little bit. And instead, three grotesque incompletions and only 14 seconds run off the clock. There's no reason to attach any other things or narratives or whatever else to what happened. It was dumb in and of itself. Dumb by the coordinator, dumb by the head coach. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Steelers. We will do another one of these tomorrow. 